In the world of recruiting, some people have seen it all. They build recruiting teams from the ground up, hired hundreds of people in the best companies in the world, develop their expertise year after year. I'm Robin Choi, and I'm on a mission to collect their learnings. These are their stories. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Players, and I'm very happy to be here with Camille Tate, who is head of talent at Strava. Thanks for being here, Camille. We'll be talking about building your personal brand and network as a recruiter. That's something that you know. You have a very strong brand yourself. You have a network as well. Obviously, you host the podcast as well. So can you tell us a bit more about yourself, about Strava, and everything that you do as well? Sure, sure. Thank you for having me firstly, Robin. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Camille Tate, and Robin has mentioned I'm head of talent at Strava. If you don't know what Strava is, look us up. <laughs> uh, we are a center for connected fitness. So we're an app that is designed to build community and get people motivated to move. And we kind of say that everyone is an athlete. There's an athlete in all of us. We can move, whether you're doing a trail run that is like super long, takes a couple of days, or whether you're walking your dog in a neighborhood, you still are moving, you're still active, so you're still considered an athlete. And so um, Strava was built in 2009 to bring people together, kind of that virtual locker room to kind of push people to stay motivated, to move, stay healthy, and all of those things. So proud to work at Strava. I've been here for a little bit over two years. Outside of Strava, I also own a company with my twin sister. Her name is Carla. She is also in HR. She's a VP of HR at a, a global marketing company, but we co-own the Career Salon. And we also co-host the Career Salon podcast, a podcast about HR, recruiting, just educating people on the things that possibly go on behind the scenes at their workplace, really encouraging people to know their rights and to build their personal brands and, you know, how to just continue to be successful and improve themselves as employees. All right. And I would recommend that everybody listen to the podcast because it's a very relaxed, laid back. In the, we feel like we're in the room with you. So yeah, great experience. Oh, thank you. So how do you want to start on that topic of building the personal brand and network? Where do we start? Uh, maybe a good way to to start would be why it's important in the first place. Why should people think about building their personal brand and networks? It's super important because people have a personal brand, whether you know it or not. And I know that personal brand is kind of intimidating in the age of social media, um, because when people think about personal branding, they automatically associate it to being an influencer on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or even LinkedIn, we have influencers now. I think people automatically tie it to that, but that's not actually what personal branding is. Personal branding is really a makeup of your work, your reputation, all of these things. So what I usually tell people is personal branding is important because you don't want someone to choose your personal brand for you based on the perception or what they see you doing or not doing, you want to take control of the narrative and take the wheel by managing and developing your own personal brand and nurturing it as well. So I think that's how I define personal branding. And it's super important because like I said, if you don't define it and take control of that narrative, then it will default in someone else's hands. All right. So 
everybody has a personal brand and you're yeah. right to say that you don't have to be an influencer to have millions of followers to have a personal brand. You probably have a like micro personal brand with people that you already know. Right. All right. So you better own it and make sure that it's the right brand <laughs> instead of just uh, letting it define you. All right. How do we start when we have that micro personal brand? We want to maybe work on it, improve it. How do we start? What's a good way to start? And what are, say, micro decisions that we can implement today? I think there's two sides of a personal brand. There's an internal personal brand. Like if you're working for a company, oh, I know everybody these days thinks everyone's an entrepreneur. Not true. There's still a lot of people in the workforce. There's still a lot of people that work directly for employers. So I think internal branding, personal branding is one thing and external personal branding is another thing. So internal personal branding is really developing what you're known for internally in the workplace, right? Um, so for example, Robin, you're at a workplace and someone is like, wow, Robin is always on it, pays attention to details. If you give him something, he's going to take it and run with it. You know, you can always depend on Robin, like he's a good communicator, so on and so forth. Whether you know it or not, that's your personal brand, Robin. On the flip side, if it was, man, Robin really dropped the ball on a couple of projects, you know, not really, you know, somebody you can depend on, you know, maybe don't go to Robin, maybe go to someone else. That's the flip side of the personal brand. So really being conscious of that as far as how you do your work. And that's what people don't think about when it comes to personal branding. And what you really have to put into practice is whatever your skill set is, do it well, right? Do it well, not for anybody else, but for you. Go above and beyond and do your work really well and communicate effectively. All of those things so that even if you're not the type of person that wants to be an influencer internally or externally, people still know you by your work and the results, the outcomes that you provide as an individual employee. And I know that's hard for some people because there, a lot of people are introverts versus extroverts, right? And they're like, I'm not an extrovert, so I'm not going to be going out to network with people at work. And that's just not my personality. But you can still show up and build your personal brand by the work that you do and being dependable and having good communication skills and working on your craft. That is still building your personal brand. You don't have to go out for drinks or go out on a golf course if that's not your mm -hmm. deal. You can still build your personal brand. So I don't want people to think that you, you can't do this work um, without being an extrovert. So that's super important as well. What's your advice to people who do the work uh, who are good professionals, but they don't know how to communicate that internally? And that happens a lot. It's a bit unfair sometimes that people that communicate better will make more progress in their careers, even though they're not as good professionals as the others, but just because they're communicating better, uh, that's a bit unfair. So how do we make sure that people who are actually showing up, doing the work are reliable? How can they communicate better to enforce their internal personal brand and make sure they're at least recognized for the hard work and the good work that they uh, deliver? I think it's just taking small steps, right? You think you gotta have, you have to make a big presentation or you need to speak to a group of people to work on this brand. Sometimes it's just, hey, hanging out at the water cooler, 
having a brief conversation with someone that as a peer or someone you've never worked with or a leader that you see passing in the hallway, that could be building your way up to being like that bigger personality in terms of your work. So those are just some small, simple things you can do. Also communicating, if you're not a good verbal communicator, can you follow up and provide detailed notes in a meeting? Or can you, is your thing, you do great PowerPoint decks or Google Slides? You know, can you send out emails effectively where people are like, wow, that was a very thoughtful thorough email. So there are a lot of different ways that you can communicate effectively and it doesn't have to be this large grand thing. And um, like I said, even I tell uh, employees and, and people all the time, we say on our podcast that your quarterly check-ins or your performance reviews is a tool, should be seen as a tool and you can use it as a tool to communicate and really highlight your work and your skills. So that's another way you can set yourself apart and build your brand at work. I tend to believe that people should dedicate maybe 15% of their time, 50-20% to showing their work. Because especially in the age of remote work, you can do your work remotely. Nobody sees, people just see the output, but they don't see the work that goes into it. And sometimes the output seems easy (laughs) and uh, We don't realize how much work goes into it. So yeah, communicating a lot, making sure that people see both the output and the input and probably as well recognize the work of others and helping others shine. Uh, That's even better if you're a manager. If you're a manager, you probably want to make sure that everybody in your team shines and promote them and promote their work. It's also your work as a manager. But you can also do this if you're an individual contributor for other people, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think that it's super important. I also recommend that people keep a job book. And I know it's old. I know it's old school. You can also make it online as well or keep it in your notes on your phone, but create like a job book and kind of write down like projects you've led from beginning to end, um, special awards or acknowledgements that you've received at work you know, keep track of all your reviews and make sure you keep that portfolio. And and one other thing I hear people say is, oh, I don't want to brag on myself. It seems like very arrogant to like talk about myself in a way that's like promoting me. But if you're not going to promote yourself, who will? I will tell you that a lot of people are still leaning into the human side of leadership and management. And a lot of decisions that are made about your career are made without you in the room. So how do you begin to communicate what you've done, all the accomplishments you've made at work to kind of make sure that message gets across to the right people who are in the room and so that they can advocate on your behalf? So there's a method to all this madness, right? All of these little things. And I think it's super important that you keep like a job accomplishments book. It really is. If you, if someone sends you an email or someone sends you a Slack or a team's message, like, great job, Robin, on that project. It was really amazing. All the work you put into it, kudos, all of those things. Listen, I'm screenshotting, pasting it on a document and adding it to my book of accomplishments in my role. And then once you have, you're documenting all of these things, in your booklet, or for whether it be electronic or written down, you're able to come to your performance review or you're able to come to a conversation 
with your manager or your manager's manager or whoever to say, wow, you know, these are some of the things I've done. Put it in your performance review or your check-ins. And it's right there in plain words so people can see what your brand represents. Yeah, that's that's a great advice. Makes a lot of sense. There is another thing as well, another bias is um, the performance reviews oftentimes comes every six months or even every every year. Yeah. And they tend to be heavily biased by what happened in the maybe like 15 to 30 days before that discussion. So anything that happens before, you'll have to document and make sure that it's staying somewhere. Otherwise, people will just like sometimes forget about it. Right. All right. I mean, I, I encourage if you talk to my sister, you know, her being on the HR side of things, she'll that's the crux of HR, right? Document everything. And I don't think employees think about it, right? They're like, you know, when you get to your review or having a conversation with someone, it's like, oh, what did I do? I don't remember what I did, you know, two weeks ago. I don't remember what I did towards the beginning of the year. And now it's six months or 12 months later. It's you have it right there, right? And it document everything. And I'm not saying that because you think something is going to go wrong, but it's just, I just don't think employees know enough about documentation. They're thinking about their work and they're probably super busy, but it's so important to keep on record what you've done in your career. I mean, you might be on a podcast or you might speak on a panel or give a keynote. You might have to reflect back on the things that you've done. So documentation is super important to building your brain. It can only add value. Yeah, and time flies and you often forget what you did like uh, three months ago. I'm, I don't know what I did three months ago. <laughs> right. I don't you know, I don't know what I did two weeks ago, Robin. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to keep track. <laughs> uh, so, okay, how do you call it? Job journal, job book? Yeah, job journal, job journal, job book. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be structured, just like no, like notes. It's just and- like a, it's just, it could be a huge brain dump, right? It doesn't have to have any structure. You could do like a title and then put some bullets. And then go on to the next thing. But yeah, just something informal. All right. So that's for, that's mostly for internal. Yes, that's for internal. Any other advice on building your brand internally? Uh, No, those are like the key steps I would. I mean, you always want to think about your personal brand as what separates me from the next person doing what I'm doing. And that's what I try to tell candidates as well um, who are job seeking. Um, so externally, but it's also the same internally. What everybody, I don't think that people think they're unique and we all are because we're all different human beings, right? There's no two people that do things the same at work. So what is it about yourself? What is it about the skills that you have that make you unique? And so I will always keep that in the forefront when building your personal brand, whether it be internally or externally. Think about that. I would tell people to write it out. Write it out. What makes Robin, what makes Camille unique? Why am I different? Why am I special? We all are, but you would need to really verbalize or communicate what that is so that you're able to incorporate it into how you talk about yourself, that elevator pitch, right? And all of those different things. How do you, you know, how do you separate yourself? That's even like marketing and brand building, right? It is. Nike is just just do it. So Coca-Cola is another thing. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, I tell people all the time because I've been recruiting for, in June, it'll be 18 years that I've been doing this. 
recruiting is so different than when it was when I first started recruiting. I mean, I was coming out of the age where we were recruiting out of white pages, going into recruiting on the inter- heavily recruiting on the internet. And it's so different now. It's really about, well, to me, it's really more human connection and the whole marketing and branding piece. And I say that with a caveat. So in a way, I think that's great because it gives people an opportunity, a unique opportunity to present themselves to others. But on the other hand, I feel like some people have kind of, they've kind of manipulated the words personal branding. And it's something that is so just ridiculous and empty um, that you kind of have to choose your lane, right? Some people are very genuine, authentic, building their personal brand and putting it out there. And some people, it's empty. It's really, um, like we talked about, Robin, it's really, are you an influencer or are you trying to influence or make an impact on a group of people or make a change or a difference in some way? Being an influencer or building a personal brand externally is multifaceted. And there's some size of it that I just don't agree with at all because I'm not the type of person I have a personal brand and I feel like it's very positive from what I've heard, but I'm not the type of person that I'm just going to be out there to be called an influencer. I'm kind of the opposite where I really want to only put out stuff that is helpful or makes an impact to others. And that should be your goal when extending your personal brand externally is really, is what I'm doing having an impact on others or is it just self-serving? Or do I just do this for clicks, likes, loves, you know, just to try to garner some type of um, recognition for myself? And honestly, that's not why I build a personal brand. It's really to help others. And hopefully something that I say or something that I do will impact someone else in a positive way. That's been my whole career journey, building relationships with people. Can I help you? That's why I'm still a recruiter. Some people are like, why are you a recruiter? 18 years later, I like helping people. I really do. Of course, you get burnt out a little bit. You have to get that second win. But really, the ultimate goal is, are you having an impact on people's lives? You know, it's so amazing for me to see the people that I've worked with in previous companies and roles and to see them like the head of or the VP of or a C-suite leader. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I help them even in my smallest, tiny way. And that's always going to be the energy that I give when I'm building or nurturing my personal brand. Can I make an impact on others? That's a good, good motivation. And uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pattern that we hear a lot. Um, people think about personal brand in terms of clicks, views, engagement, but that can be a double-edged sword and you can end up trying to chase clicks in engagement and views and end up having a, a like a big personal brand, but a bad one. And this is not what you want. You want to be known for helping people and, and uh, providing value to people that engage with your content out there. So um, that's a good one. And we, we had that discussion in a, uh, a player's episode before with Joel Longy as well. It's not about getting millions of views. Even if you just nurture a few people and you get a few clicks every time, but these are the people that are interesting to you that you want to engage with. That's already a big win. Mm-hmm, definitely. How do you get started for somebody who's an introvert, never 
posted anything online, never has absolutely no external <laughs> brand, but is hard worker, um, a very appreciated in their company. How do you get started? If we're talking about professionally, of course, LinkedIn, everybody's on LinkedIn, right? So I'll just use LinkedIn as an example. You start by building a profile, <laughs> start by building a profile and really building it to where people can see what you've done. And that goes back to the job journal thing, because building your profile, if you've done things, projects, been on podcasts, contributed to a publication, there are, you can list that on the carousel on LinkedIn so people can see what you've been doing. Also, writing a great kind of summary of who you are. I think that intimidates some people because they think because it's LinkedIn, it has to be like this super formal thing and you have to be professional. People have misused that word as well. Um, I think there's some bias attached to the word professional, but be you. Whatever you're going to do online, just be you. Of course, you know, make sure it's appropriate for a professional platform, (laughs) for a place like LinkedIn, but make it, it's who you are. Just show up as you, um, whatever that might be. So making sure and also interacting with other people. And I think LinkedIn is a little bit easier for people because interacting, you could just make a comment on somebody else's post, you know, or just give your opinion here or there to a discussion that's happening, or you can join a group or things like that. So there are ways that you can be interactive on LinkedIn without having to put yourself out there all the way and make it like this scary thing. So I think that's one of the ways to get started. In my opinion, you don't have to post every day or multiple times a day. I think that's for, you know, expert people that have a lot of time. I actually don't have a lot of time to post regularly on LinkedIn, but I do make sure when I post that it's a meaningful post or it's something that I'm involved in that I'm proud of or that my company is doing or something that, you know, I'm doing with the podcast something like that. And I seem to get a lot of traction, but I'm an example that you don't have to post all the time, every day, multiple times a day to build a community on LinkedIn. And I'm not even an open networker. Some people think you have to accept everyone's invite to your network to be have a personal brand on LinkedIn. And you don't. I actually don't accept everyone that asks me or invites me on on LinkedIn. Robin, it took me what? Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I on, on LinkedIn. I had no clue. So <laughs> that shows you how much I look at my invitations and kind of go through and audit. I don't. And I still have been able to um, build a pretty decent sized community on LinkedIn. And I make sure that I am aware of who is in my network because, like I said, everything I want to do is to make an impact and to influence someone, not be an influencer, but influence someone in a positive way. And again, it's uh, it's quality over quantity. You just want to, yes. you'd rather have a hundred people that you're connected with, that you provide value to, that you, you have a real relationship than the a million people who hate you. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so what I like is there is a, there's a real continuum between personal brand, so internal personal brand, external personal brand, and even networking, because we're not trying to do this at scale on millions of people. We go back to having 
almost one-on-one relationships and that's networking and that that word has a lot of bad press but it can be a good word as well it can be very positive so what's your advice for people who want to network in a genuine way and build their network as well and remain authentic and um yeah what's your advice on this and maybe people who are less used to networking so introverts or people who don't like to talk to strangers or people they don't know Right. Yeah. This is pre-COVID. We're starting to get back, you know, to where we used to be. But for me, and I've always pretty much, except for six years of my career, recruited in tech. I didn't know what I was doing starting to network. And when I started recruiting and staffing, I'm like, where do I, how do I network? How do I connect with people that are engineers or QA testers are like, I don't have a network, right? I started going to user groups. Even if you start going to user groups or connection groups in your local area, it could be for six weeks or for the next three months, you sit in the back of the room and you just observe. You're still there. People are still seeing your face. And that's a good way to meet people by going to user groups for whatever there are product, you know, user groups. There are, you know, certain development languages, user groups, project management, HR. There's so many groups that you can and that have events that you can be a part of. And let's just start there. Right. I see a lot of people networking at conferences, you know, even virtual conferences. They have networking opportunities, one to one networking, or you can go in a group. Even if your face is just shown and you don't say anything in that group online, you're still there. People still see your name, what company you represent or what business you represent. So those are just some low-hanging fruit ways to start to build your network. Even if you're an introvert, just going and showing up is a part of building your brand. And then once you feel comfortable or maybe you sit next to someone and they kick off a conversation with you, you're starting to get warm and you know fill them out and start to build that brand. So that's kind of how I started, because contrary to popular belief, not all recruiters are extroverts. (laughs) I'm actually a little bit extroverted because my major in college was business information systems. So I thought I was going into IT. And so I can be, I tend to be a little bit quiet when it comes to breaking the ice with people. And so that's how I learned to network, just going to places and just being in the room. And maybe if I saw somebody I knew, they would introduce me to someone else and so on and so forth. So I think that's the same thing for making friends, right? I always talk to my friends, like, how do you make new friends when you're like 30, in your 30s, in your 40s, like where people don't think you're weird? (laughs) So, I mean, it's the same thing. When I first moved to Dallas, I didn't really know that many people here. And so I joined a gym and I started going to work out three, four times a week and started meeting people and I was building a community there. And that's how I started making friends when I moved to Dallas. I even, Robin, I've never told anybody this. <laughs> when I first moved to Dallas, like I said, I was trying to meet new people, make new friends. And I was a freelance makeup artist. I actually, I didn't need a part-time job, but I had a part-time job at Ulta Beauty. And I worked like 15 hours at Ulta Beauty to make friends. Nice. <laughs> so I was just doing different things so that I could be out and interacting with humans. And, you know, successfully, you know, I've been in Dallas for ooh, 10 years now, almost 11. And I built up a pretty good community here just by like 
putting myself out there, sometimes not even saying anything or initiating, but other people being nice and courteous to me and just, you know, interacting with them. And that's how I built community. Yeah, and it, and it takes time and everybody's super stressed when they go to a conference and they don't know anyone. So a good 90% of the population is as stressed as you. And far from everyone uh, are extroverts and even people who look extroverts uh, will look pretty uh, confident. They're actually, most of the time, they're not. So yeah, I know I'm always stressed. The first day when I come to a conference, I know nobody is super impressive. You get all these people in a room. I just don't say anything and just stay here for like right. and until after a day, you start meeting people very naturally. So that's the right. easiest way. Right. And even if you don't, as you say, it's already right. small steps. One expert tip, Robin, when you go to a conference, you know when everyone is relaxed? Yeah. At breakfast or lunch? Uh-uh. Yeah, that's... Uh, everybody, food. <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody's tense, like during the breakouts or the keynote. You don't like you're sitting next to someone. You don't know if they're like really intently listening or, you know, really want to concentrate on the information that's that people are projecting. So I always tell people when you're at breakfast in line or you're sitting at a table with a group you don't know about, mention something about the food. Yeah. That always kicks off a conversation. So that's a quick expert tip on if you're at a conference. You're the only one there from your company and you don't know anyone and you're trying to network and meet people. People's guards are always down when they are around food. Good one. Or <laughs> you can come to us, to Camille and I, if we're here and we'll be happy to talk to yes. you because we're as stressed as you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Thanks a lot for all these tips. I love it. And I love how it's about communicating and 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 not only sure you want to do the work, but also communicate small steps at a time. Just make sure that you control that brand of yours. Uh, so I loved it. Thanks, Camille. And we'll yes. keep an eye out for you and we'll listen to you. Where can we find you on LinkedIn, uh, the Career Salon as well? Is there anything else that we should know about you and places where to follow you, accepted events, obviously, conferences? Yes. So you can uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, it's just Camille H. Tate Daniels. I'm probably the only one, <laughs> um, but I work at Strava, of course. And then our podcast is everywhere you can find podcasts on Apple, Google, um, you know, everywhere you can find podcasts. We're there. It's the Career Salon Podcast with the HR Twins. And you can also go to our website, www.thecareersalon.com. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Camille. Yes. Thank you so much, Robin. Hey there, this is Robert. Most of our listeners come from word of mouth. So thanks a lot for your support. And if you enjoy the players, please keep on sharing it with your team and friends. Stay tuned for the next episode. And if you can't wait, follow me on LinkedIn for more content on recruiting. Talk to you next week. <laughs>